Hi guys, Cooper here from the Unquote Podcast. Unquote delves into what makes movie quotes so, well, quotable. See, I have a guest each week watch a movie selected from the American Film Institute's Top 100 Movie Quotes list. And then we sit down and ponder cultural impingement and cinematic preponderance and... Okay, you got me. My thesaurus was totally open. A little factual and a lot of fun, it's the least contentious peanut gallery in history. Unquote is part of the Rogue Intel Network, and you can find me on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter. Save the motherfucking day, yeah, America! Fuck yeah! Freedom is the only way, yeah, terrorist, your game is through. Cause now you have to answer to the powerful... Nerdcast! Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Americanized awesome edition of the powerful Nerdcast. An episode that's been a long time coming, because we are finally going to talk about the epicness that was Captain America Civil War. And when we finish up with that, we're going to talk about this massive shitstorm that is the brand new Ghostbusters movie. What happens when you take an all-female Ghostbusters cast, mix in some Patton Oswalt comedic energy, and freaking James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, you get the perfect storm. But let's get to some positivity first. Christian... Captain America, Civil War, did you like it? I have to say, it met all my expectations. The only thing I thought I was going to see was someone die at the end. But then I thought, wait, both these characters are everyone's favorite. They're never going to kill off any of them. And if they killed off Captain America, it would have made him a martyr, and he would have been right. And they wanted it to be open-ended at the end. You decide. So, yes, I enjoyed it. Yeah. That being said... (laughs) I should have said this before. There will be spoilers all up in here. So if you haven't seen Captain America, uh, maybe uh, wait until you see the movie to listen to this podcast. Or just be awesome and listen to it anyway, because it's a really great show. Uh, so instead of just giving you guys like just sort of like a typical review on Captain America Civil War and just going through the whole you know movie and everything, let me just give you a quick rundown of what the story is. So all of the destruction... Because they don't know. Because you don't know. <laughs> uh, basically, all of the destruction and collateral damage Damage which has been caused by the Avengers has sort of caught the eye of a lot of the governments of the world, and thus they've come up with this brand new law, which are known as the Sokovia Accords, where all superheroes or superhumans are going to have to sign their name, and they are going to be regulated by the governments of the world. You have two sides. You have Captain America, who is not for any of this, and then you have Iron Man and his side, who's decide, you know what, we've caused enough damage. Let's try and be a little more regulated. And this causes a lot of internal conflict, as well as a villain who is working behind the scenes and manipulating all of these events, and this leads to a lot of kick-ass superheroes doing what they do best, which is using their powers and looking good doing it. And you know what? I think it really really did that in this movie like it opened up with an amazing action scene and then after that there's like five more big major action scenes throughout the whole course of the movie i think in terms of seeing like a big hollywood explosive superhero film this has been one of the best ones that i've ever seen i just gotta say like when i sat down to see this movie i knew it was going to be good something in me told me that this movie was not going to suck 
you know, because you've had like Iron Man three, which was real iffy. You had Thor uh, Dark World. Was that what it was called? Yes. Yeah. It was like, eh, I didn't even see that one, actually. I just saw like the end fight scene. And I was like, this sucks. Yep. I had more fun watching the blooper reel of that film, you know, where they're all fighting on green screen and <laughs> yeah. like Thor's cape flies in his face and he's like trying to pull it off and stuff like that was more entertaining to me than probably watching that film. So but I knew this was going to be good because one last Captain America was awesome. And I thought Bucky had a lot of potential to be a good character and he was going to be pretty much like Captain America's like main go to side guy besides uh, Falcon. You know, Falcon and uh, Bucky are like Captain America's side bitches, mm-hmm. you know, in this film. And they also have like... Winter Ar- Soldier's his bottom bitch, though. You think bottom bitch? Yeah, easily. Without a doubt. Falcon's the, the pitcher. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> anyway. 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 We're not going to discuss who's the pitcher and the catcher in that <laughs> Let's face it, though. Cap's the pitcher. Cap's the pitcher. And uh, and he makes out with his, like, uh, longtime lover's daughter. Her aunt, her her uh, Her niece... I don't know. It's like tur- he barely knows. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> the love triangles. Yeah, the like I said, we're not going to like talk about the whole story of the movie because that would just be boring. But let's just talk about all the characters in this movie because okay, yeah, let's there were so it. many. So let's start from the top with Captain America, played, of course, by Chris Evans. Awesome job. Again, Captain America now being a character that's more driven by his feeling, his gut, and not his service to the country as much anymore. More so like the world's confusing. America no longer means what America meant in the 1920s and 30s. It doesn't mean that. So with that in mind, like he's now going on, you know, he knows the problem with this, with this Soviet, uh, you know, the cord, the Superman law or superhero law. The problem is Hydra has infiltrated every government agency they've ever worked with. And he doesn't outright say it, but he does say like, this is probably going to be a problem. You know, people's agendas change. And Mm -hmm. so Captain America, again, my favorite person. And I was team cap, you know, I was team Jacob. Or whatever. <laughs> Every time someone says Team Something, I think of Team Jake, Jacob and Team mm-hmm. Edward. Um, and what do you think of Captain America? And then we can go to the next person. Again, Captain America was freaking awesome. Um, Chris Evans has really embodied that character a lot. I don't even remember him as the Human Torch anymore, or as uh, the asshole main lead from Not Another Teen Movie. I just see Captain America when I see him now. Not he, Another Teen Movie. Yeah, I know. Isn't that wow. weird? Yeah. When you know that too, it can kind of ruin some of the scenes with Captain America a little bit. You almost expect him to say something really stupid and goofy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Captain America has uh, really like grown so much as a character since his very first film and you you really do understand him you know he he went against the third reich himself you know he went up against nazis in the in the very origins of hydra and red skull and he's seen what happens when these type of organizations get taken over from the inside and that's why he's so untrusting of wanting to work with these other governments he's seen it firsthand himself so you can kind of understand where he's coming from uh, in this movie, too, he was just, he was great. You know, the movie is his film. It's Captain America Civil War. It does feel more, a little bit more like an Avengers story, but at the end of the day, it's really this, like, story about Tony Stark, Captain America, and the Winter Soldier. They're all perfectly connected. And like I was saying, despite the fact that this is, like, a big ensemble cast movie, like, at its core, Captain America truly is the heart of this film. And uh, you get to see a lot of great moments from him in this movie. Like, you know, he's definitely not as, I'd say, as extravagant as, say, as some of the other heroes. But he still has a lot of impressive scenes. I still think his ability to, like, ricochet his shield does, has not gotten old yet. Like, that initial scene at the beginning of the film when uh, all of the uh, the different various members of the Avengers are uh, in Wakanda, I believe, is where mm-hmm. that was. And uh, No, I think they were just in Africa, but there were Wakandan people that get killed by the explosion. Okay, yeah, like... 
just Wakanda. that scene where they like they bust in and Scarlet Witch actually uses her abilities to lift Captain America like up into the building. Uh-huh. Like even before like the movie came out, when I was looking at the trailers, I was like, "How the fuck did Captain America jump up that high?" They answered it in the movie. Scarlet Witch used her powers. He just jumps in, starts kicking ass, hiding behind walls, looking for just a split second, and then throwing his shield. It ricochets off of a couple of the other walls, hits someone else, comes right back to him. It's so damn satisfying. Even uh, Spider-Man comments on it. He's like, that thing like doesn't follow physics at all. <laughs> yeah. The scene where Captain America fights Spider-Man at the airport, which, you know, there's that's arguably the best part of the movie, is that airport scene. Even though it's not the final fight scene, it is probably the best fight scene mm-hmm. of the film. Like, when Captain America was fighting against Spider-Man, uh, it almost seems like he was trying to kill him, like, towards the end of the fight, like, when he takes the shield and uh, throws it up against that, like, big carrier next to the plane, which almost, like, crushes Spider-Man. Uh-huh. I'm guessing Captain America was just thinking, oh, he's got superpowers, he's super strength, he'll be just fine. You know, maybe he was just trying to murder him there, but still, that was a really intense fight scene, uh, and to the me, fighting choreography is still just as good as it was in Winter Soldier. To me, the uh, the fight scene with uh, Captain America and Spider-Man is actually interesting because, to me, they're almost like dueling. It was like an anime fight. They were yeah. dueling ideologies at the same time while dueling each other, which is something you see in anime all the time. You can't just fight someone. You also have to tell them that they're wrong in their ideology and everything. While it's like every them. single major Gundam battle. <laughs> Pretty much. How are they communicating? Do they all use the same radio frequencies? No, like, I don't know. You don't think about that shit Because, like, wouldn't the enemies have a, you know, a, an encrypted radio frequency that the other guys couldn't use? Like, how come they can all talk so it's, easily? It's an anime. With okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, shouldn't be uh, questioning no, it. logic goes out the window. And the, the missiles and guns don't work, but the swords mm. do. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> The only <laughs> the only thing that I don't really like about Captain America in the movie, and this is something that even the audience reacted to pretty strongly, is how quickly he fell in love with Sharon Carter, the uh, the niece of Peggy Carter. Like she's hot. I mean, yeah, I mean, she was attractive, <laughs> of course. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but it's just like, man, that just sort of came out of nowhere. Like as soon as they're like, oh, Peggy's dead. <laughs> All right, I'm screwing her niece. <laughs> like it, they wasted no time, and they shared barely any screen time together. There was well, like one awkward waiting for an was, elevator scene. As soon as he was done, you know. uh holding her casket you know he just had to get to work (laughs) that's awful (laughs) captain america's just like he's like paul bearer just holding it oh fuck that's his knee fuck this shit yeah her body falls out oh my god peggy what are you doing today (laughs) you got some time (laughs) i saw you were off work but that's how quickly, like, they barely share any screen time together. Nah, it's the, it's the, They're in a couple it, rooms together. Okay, but it's the it's the final, I know you're about to go off, so let me give you a kiss as you head off to war. You know, it's kind of that thing. It's not mm. they, it might be more a gesture than the, uh, we're actually in love. Yeah, I mean, Captain know? America's an old school guy. Maybe he's just, you know, that's just the way things were. Sometimes you just gave a woman some tongue on the way out the door. <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a different time. Man. Peppered Farm remembers. <laughs> they, they sure as hell do. Okay. Um. But yeah, Captain America was great. Um. I also love the fact that they got rid of the trend of in the final battle of a film, the hero taking off their mask. Captain America had his gear on the whole time, and it made me look like I was looking at Captain America, not just some actor playing him. Captain which America, is, like in the comics, man, straight up, one of my least favorites. Just because he's just a strong dude that believes in shit and wears an American flag. Stupid. But for some reason, man, the live action movies made me like Captain America more than mm-hmm. more than Tony uh, Stark. You know? Yeah. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. I was like that kind of before they uh, even had the Captain America movies. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's cool that they're bringing that character in. You know, he's obviously 
a lot of the uh, collective glue that holds the Marvel Universe together, but I never really cared about Captain America. Seeing him in the movies and seeing his whole trilogy and appearing in the other Avengers films has really made me appreciate that character a lot. Yeah, like he's actually humanized a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, let's go to another character. All right, next let's go ahead and go uh, to the opposing side with uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, played, of course, by Robert Downey Jr. Again, what is Robert Downey Jr. before he was a superhero? He a was, drug addict? Yeah, damn. Okay, you're going for the... We're all going for the low blows today. I'm not above it. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, he before he was in the MCU, he was always a great actor. Mm-hmm. And now he's a great actor while playing a superhero. Yeah. And he does not want this fighting to happen. Mm-mm. Every si- every scene until the end, he's like, I'm just trying to keep us together. And you're fucking it up. You know, I'm working these deals behind the scene. He's fucking Donald Trump. He's like, no one makes better deals than me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not compare Iron Man to Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't know, just the raw confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 so he's just like, I'm working behind the scenes to make this work. Like, I'm not going to let them fuck us, you know. Like, I know, like you're scared of all this shit happening wrong. Like, I know uh, how to handle this. And he's actually proven wrong many times. Like when he sees everyone arrested in the super jail that comes out of the water, he's like, Oh shit. I had no idea they were going to take you here. He's like, yeah. What do you think they were going to take us, man? Of course they're taking us here. You know, it'd be so much cooler if they took them to the actual super jail. I knew you were going to make from that adult swim. <laughs> they're not actually in the super jail. They're just in a little cell with a glass wall. Why is all prisons and movies have glass walls? You know why? Because it would suck to shoot through bars. Yeah. That's why. I mean, it's not to say there haven't been prison movies that do that, but, you know, Silence of the Lambs, I think, made that pretty popular. It's all high-tech prisons have glass doors. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Anyway, it makes it Anyway, uh, going back to Iron Man, um, one of the most interesting things about his character, again, just like Captain America, his character has truly evolved since his very first film. You know, obviously, before he was Iron Man, uh, basically, he was just sort of a millionaire playboy, didn't really care, just following the footsteps of a... Sorry, billionaire playboy, uh, following the footsteps of his father, Um, And it wasn't until, like, tragic events and him almost losing his life and seeing that his weapons were killing innocent people that uh, he realized that something had to change about this stuff. But even with that, even after the course of all these movies experiencing that event and the Avengers where he went through the wormhole, or even more so, like, the the building, uh, you know, rage that he has against Captain America, like in the uh, the last Avengers film, you could sort of start to see that build up. And then in this movie, there's this scene where he's confronted by this woman who's, like, just been waiting for him, like, after this, like, big conference and she's one of the uh this mother whose son was like lost in the sokovia battle with ultron and everything and that's when he's sort of like you know presented with like a face and it's like that moment it's like oh shit like i have got to try and make things better and that's because we've been so unregulated about the way we do things we just sort of go in and just start tearing shit up i think there was this one line that he had that i thought was just it was really you know for a, a lack of better pun it's stark um basically he was saying you know, yeah, you know, a lot of people, this kid was getting killed while we were in there kicking ass. You know, looking good kicking ass and doing it. And I thought that scene was funny, but it was also really dark at the same time. You could tell it really bothered him uh, to a point where he is ready to go along with the whole Sokovia Accords. And this also, I think, ties really well into the fact that Tony Stark is the person who finds Spider-Man. Because, in a way, it's, it's almost like he's trying to like make up for the loss of that one child by helping out this other kid who also happens to have superhuman abilities, and he can try to sort of show him the right way to do things. This is, in a way, sort of him atoning for his sins. It's, it's very, you know, under-the-surface the kind of stuff, but it's little things like that that make these characters really deep. Yeah, but at the same time, there's so many plot holes. Like, what would have happened in New York 
if uh, the government would have um, let that nuke go off in New York. That's either. a really good point, you know, because – Like it, they say, oh, the loss of life. But what about what you guys were trying to do? We yeah. actually saved everyone. We made the best of the scenario. Mm-hmm. No one wants to look at it that way. But that's way. like one of those like – it's the, the shadowy secret council behind the scenes that's calling all the shots. Who likes The guys them? who were angry in this movie, there was a General Thunderbolt Ross returning from the Hulk films. Yes. Which I honestly thought was pretty cool just to see that guy return again. Uh, he's the one who's like really pissed off and he's the one who presents the Avengers with the Sokovia Accords. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really good point. It's like, you guys were going to nuke the damn city. You, we clearly saved way more people as opposed to you guys who were just going to obliterate it off the freaking map. You know, it does make sense. What about if they had let the uh, Sokovia drop back to Earth? True. Like, that's the that's another thing. It's like, they could have just let that thing drop and that would have destroyed everything. Like... There are casualties, and, and you know, I really do think it's interesting that in a lot of these superhero movies, that's something that they're starting to bring up a lot, is the the collateral damage that these superheroes cause. Hell, half the time, they cause more damage, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was a focal point in Batman versus Superman, but it was handled, I think, a little better in this movie right here. Yeah, that's something, like, uh, that was the beginning of Batman versus Superman. Let's look at, that's why Batman didn't like Superman, because of all the destruction he caused. They had that touching scene where his 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 uh, guy that does his taxes died in his building, and he was like, "No, not my tax man," <laughs> you know. And he was really pissed about that. And so, yeah, that's something interesting. But at the same time, like, there's the government is spinning this so that they can control the superheroes, and I'm surprised that uh, Tony doesn't see that as well. Mm-hmm. But if he did, then we wouldn't have the movie we got to watch. So exactly. you know, we got to kind of let that go. But at the same time, Hydra's in there. Um, they're always one person you never expect them to be. It's not necessarily that they're that general, but you know, it's kind of funny that uh, it took Tony almost the whole movie to even see that there's more to this than you know he thought. And then it gets personal at the end when we find about Bucky being Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and uh, getting programmed to go kill uh, Tony's parents and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Spoiler alert! Which you know, conveniently, that backwoods road just happened to have a camera attached to that tree, right? Yeah, yeah, they were saving that. You know, yeah. they were saving that. Bomb. It is a little strange. I mean, it's a comic book movie. You have to see it that way. Um, but yeah, it made more sense when, you know, Iron Man lost his shit at the end of the movie, as opposed to like Batman and Superman's fight. Uh, there was something, Martha. yeah, there, <laughs> there was something much more personal at stake at that point and something that, you know, Captain America kind of knew about and just didn't have the opportunity to tell Tony about that. And that all ties into uh, the villain of the movie too, Baron Zemo, like, one of the most different Marvel villains I've ever seen when I went out of it, my sort first of underrated thought was, and mm-hmm. underappreciated. His accomplishments are very small. Mm-hmm. I mean, accomplishments are huge, but who, his presence is very small. Yeah. It's not like Loki working behind the scenes, but yet having a big presence. Yeah, and being so grandiose yeah, and ridiculous, you know. especially with all of his powers and transformative abilities. But, like, I remember as we were walking out of the theater, my, I was like, you know, I didn't really like the villain again that much. Uh, but then we also saw it with a friend of mine, Cody, and he was, like, bringing up the fact he's like, I don't know. I mean, his 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 overall plan was really ingenious, like, how he actually got the Avengers to actually kill each other. I mean, a lot of it was um, really, like, well-timed. Like, I don't know if he planned on certain events going down the way that they did mm-hmm. um, or if he truly manipulated them that much. But it made for a slightly different type of Marvel villain. And in some way, the most successful Marvel villain so yeah. far. You know, like he actually pulled his plan off, mm-hmm. except he didn't get to kill himself or he was kind he of tried hoping. to kill himself at the very end. But uh, he was stopped by Black Panther. Oh, he got Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, do you want and, to talk and, about uh, what do you think about the uh, the final fight between Iron Man and uh, Captain America? I truly 
still think though that Captain America doesn't he did beat Tony Stark. Yeah. But I don't think in most scenarios he would have done that because mm-hmm. the iron suit is just way more powerful. I mean, to be fair, he did have help from Bucky as well. You know, who was definitely kicking all sorts of ass. Like that scene they had in the trailer where they're switching the shield and everything. Yeah. Slam. They it. managed mm-hmm. to make it even more brutal uh in the actual fight like Bucky even ends up losing an arm. Uh, and then that's when Captain a robot America, arm, a robot arm, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and then Captain America just starts wailing on freaking Iron Man, just constantly hitting him with the shield. The mask gets destroyed. He crushes his uh, the little uh, thing that powers his suit, like on his chest. The, and that's uh, pretty much the end of the fight. The all spark. The all spark. Yes. <laughs> God, fucking Transformers. But yeah, that scene was. It was just. It was so crazy. Like especially when you know. Tony Stark's mask got destroyed, and he starts to lift up the shield, and you could just see the fear in Iron Man's. He's like, this guy's about to crush my damn skull with his helmet, and then boom, no, Captain America's like, no, that's not the way I fucking do things. I won. Back the fuck off, and then he left. That was such a great fight. I also loved, I know the hardcore comic fans noticed this, uh, the scene where Iron Man tried to hit Captain America with his pulse arrays, like at like point blank range. Yeah. And then Captain America blocks it with the shield. And then they're like, you know, basically having like a they're, parry. They're, they're doing a Dragon Ball Z move. They're, yeah. They're, you know, whose power is stronger. That's you know? actually one of the comic covers oh, of really? Civil War. Oh, I didn't Iron know Iron Man and Captain, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's just like the comic cover. It's oh, awesome. okay. So they, they, they definitely recreated that scene and did a really great job with it uh but yeah i love that final fight between captain america and uh, iron man who were arguably the stars of the film and again the acting really fucking good because iron man loses and tony being such a witty guy still is like talking shit like hey you don't even that shield isn't even yours like my dad made that you know he's like fine keep it and he like throws it in his face. And that was a cool moment. <laughs> yeah, he like such throws a cool it. Moment. And he's like, "Fine, you have it then." And then he leaves. And he's like, "You have nothing because you can't take anything from me." You know, mm-hmm. you want the shield? Well, fine, I'll leave it with you. You know, um, so yeah, I just thought that the whole uh, the acting side of the film just struck me as really good. Mm-hmm. So, and again, like I said before, Tony Stark was a uh, a great superhero. He was a great actor, and that still holds true. Let's talk about other people, dude. There's so many. The Vision, Scarlet Witch, Black yeah. Panther, uh, Ant-Man, yeah. uh, Spider-Man. Mean, th- there's a thousand the other there's, people. There's so many other characters, so we're going to try and get through these a little quicker. Uh, we have uh, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, Scarlett Johansson. Could care less. Okay, next character. You really don't have anything to say about Black Widow. She can't have babies. It's super sad. Wham. Let's keep uh, going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, th- her presence was basically the same as it's always been. But I like the fact that she would switch sides. Like, occasionally. You know, like, working for one group and then allowing Captain America to escape because of the yes. relationship we've had with him. That was a pretty important part of the film. But, it, you know, it's hard to remember Black Widow when you have all these amazing costumes. To me, Black Widow has almost become Scarlett Johansson. And Scarlett Johansson has become Black Widow. Mm. So I just see Scarlett Johansson in an action film. Yeah. Um, Until so, she maybe gets her own movie. Yeah. They can kind of, you know, not weird artistic flashbacks of ballerinas. Yeah. You know, like, a little more there. <laughs> Of which there was none in this movie. Thank God. Yeah. Um, I, like, sure to, they... I like Black Widow. Her mm-hmm. concept is cool. And her and Hawkeye. Is it Hawkeye? Yes. Green Arrow, whoever. Together. <laughs> <laughs> Them together, to me, made one really good character. Or mm-hmm. one really good duo. So now that they were apart, I sort of didn't care about those two characters as mm-hmm. much. And I like that they kind of made them compete. But at the same time, they even said, like, hey, like uh, Scarlet Witch got in there and threw Black Widow. And she's like, you're pulling your punches. Get in there. You know? So... Uh, those characters are nice, but I still think Black Panther stole the show in a lot of ways. 
Hmm. Well, before we get to him, let's just go ahead and talk about some of the Wakanda. other side characters. Uh, we have uh, Anthony Mackie, who played Sam Wilson. That's Falcon, um, who's Great. a character who just continues to be a lot of fun. Again, not used as much as he, uh, I think he should be, but he had a lot of really great scenes. I love the way how every single movie they always manage to make like his tech work better with his fighting style. Yes. Like in Winter Soldier, it's just like he flies around and he shoots shit. Now he's like using his uh, wings as like shields and, uh-huh. you know, using the momentum of his flying to like spin himself so he can like take out two guys at once. Yes. Just uh, there's a lot of fight scenes with him that look really awesome. And uh, he's another interesting character. He's so blindly devoted to Captain America just because they're such good friends. That's very true. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like the biggest dynamic is him and Bucky together because they sort of have this love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like jealous girlfriends fighting yeah. over Captain America. <laughs> that so, scene in the car. Yeah, the scene in the car yeah. or the scene where they're fighting Spider-Man and uh, at the end, you know, they're like, why didn't you do that at the beginning? And he's like, fuck you, man, you know, or whatever <laughs> it was. You know, they were like bickering. The bickering is funny, and I mm-hmm. enjoyed that. And I thought that uh, they got more time. Uh, they got enough time on screen. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, uh, we also have Don Cheadle, uh, that's a uh, roadie, that's War Machine, who actually ended up being a fairly important part of this movie, especially with the uh, the, the end result. He was a good plot device. Yeah. I th- still think War Machine can always get more uh, mm-hmm. time on screen. I always wanted to just see War Machine shoot more shit for Which, some reason. Don't worry, he does this in that movie. There's yes. a great scene where a lot of shit was just being thrown at him from like multiple angles, and he just destroys every single thing in his way. Here's the thing. Ant-Man's supposedly powerful with his suit that can shrink and stuff but like mm-hmm. what happens if you shoot ant-man does he die does he like block those bullets like he never gets shot like especially when he was big when mm-hmm. he was giant man yeah like what happens if you just ran across him with a chain gun would he just die i don't know we don't think about that there's but, no members of the avengers that have a chain gun so except war machine except for war machine but he was fighting someone else yeah he was fighting conveniently anyway mm-hmm. sorry just pointing that but yeah out. Uh, war machine was important though because uh he was severely injured in this movie um they made it almost seem like maybe he could have died potentially <laughs> Um, but no, he actually ends up surviving. However, he is uh, paralyzed from the waist down. But at the end of the movie, Tony Stark ends up getting him a, a new pair of Lieutenant Dan legs, and that I allows was just him. Waiting. Yeah, <laughs> I, knew... <laughs> I stole that thunder yeah, pretty was... quick. Um... War Machine, you got new legs. <laughs> Anyway. But uh, it still doesn't diminish his personality or anything. Like, you know, he's he's at the end of the movie. I love the fact that he's making fun of Tony because uh, someone mispronounced his name as Stank. And he really had a lot of fun with that one. Um, but unfortunately, there was not enough War Machine. But every time he appeared, it was awesome. When he appeared at the airport scene, it was just like, oh, God, it's so cool to see him and Iron Man finally working together again. And it's not the fucking Iron Patriot or anything. It's just Iron Man and War Machine the way it is from the comics. And that's really satisfying. Um, next, we have Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, the Black Panther. Arguably one of the coolest things about the movie. Black Panther, you know what he does best? Kick ass. Damn you know straight. what he doesn't do? Talk a lot. Exactly. Like it. Mm-hmm. Want more Black Panther? But I want to learn more about the character. Yeah, I want, arguably, I want a solo movie. Yeah, and, and that's definitely coming. Hell, the post credit scene, or one of the post credit scenes, is uh, actually him at his own uh, facility and compound. where uh, I'm guessing they're going to hide the other Avengers, which were uh, busted out. Uh, from that prison and uh, that's also where Captain America is going to be staying you also get the very first look at uh, his like secret headquarters you get to see the giant panther statue and everything works 80% of the time (laughs) (sighs) they could have done something with that and they didn't Uh, yeah never mind but yeah uh, Black Panther was great his costume looks really cool all of his fight scenes were great kind of like a combination of traditional like MMA fighting and like almost luchador style fighting the way he like sort of flips around and everything his suit I want to know more about his suit 
because yeah. like it can block bullets it's vibranium it's cool uh does he get more powerful when he's in it or mm-hmm. does he just uh that badass out of it i don't understand because like batman technically could be batman without the suit he yeah. just wouldn't have all the utility belt stuff mm-hmm. um and maybe he wouldn't have as much confidence mm-hmm. that's like a whole other conversation would batman be as powerful without a suit <laughs> truly that's I mean, like a whole other podcast the thing about black panther though and something they don't get into into this movie is uh the title of black panther is something that you inherit but it's also the powers that you inherit it does come with some superhuman abilities some that are almost borderline supernatural um so that combined heard, like, he could teleport and stuff but they didn't mm. show any of that yeah yeah like they they're, they're gonna save that for possibly later stuff but i mean that combined with the super tech suit like makes him just like such a force to be reckoned with and he looked awesome. The costume was dead on. Um, they went for the white-eyed look, kind of similar to Deadpool, um, but they didn't move, but I'm okay with that. It just it looked like he jumped right out of the comics, but it still looked like something that belonged in the movie. And uh, his fights with Winter Soldier in particular were great, and there was a lot of uh, reason for Black Panther wanting to go after Bucky, because Bucky is responsible for the death of his father. So, uh, so he, we think. He, he, dun, so dun, we dun. think. Dun, dun, dun. But, like, it... It was great. Like this was a great introduction to Black Panther, and it makes me even more excited to like see his movie. I also like that he's this like you don't see all that many African superheroes. You no. know, like he just coming from nowhere in some mm-hmm. ways. Obviously, that character's been around a long time. I know mm-hmm. you comic book guys know that, and I didn't. But the point is that he's cool, and he's got that badass African accent, and he's a good guy. So many times you see African characters. What are they? The fucking pirates on that Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. They're fucking I'm war- the captain now. Yeah. Look at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> you know, I am from Wakanda. You know, like, it's it's just like... I you think see- they were Somalian, actually. Somalian. <laughs> I know. I- Wakanda's not real, Corey. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> um, the point is that you always see... What are they? They're warlords. They're... They're bad guys most of the time when you see African black dudes. But mm-hmm. this guy is a superhero, badass. His silence is all he needs, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, what is it when, uh, uh, you know, they're fighting at the airport scene and one of the other Avengers is like, hey, I don't think we met. And he's like, I don't care. And he just keeps on fighting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. And also he has a whole culture, a whole country to develop. Uh, mm-hmm. He even has that assistant that almost fights Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And uh, and his suit can block bullets, but not electric shock rounds. We won't get into that. Won't get into that. (laughs) That's a whole different realm. But Black Panther definitely was one of the highlights of the film. Um, Right after that, we have Paul Bettany as The Vision. I got nothing bad to say about this character. Like, Mm -hmm. The Vision is one of the cooler characters, one of the ultra-mega-powerful characters Mm -hmm. that, like, at any point could, like, rule the whole world, but just decides to just sort of, like, lightly interact and experience what's going on in the world. And I appreciate that because the vision is just like a ridiculous character. You know? So powerful. So care. So powerful. You know, if they'd have had him at the scene in the beginning of the movie, nothing bad would have happened at all. And so British. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you could yeah. do nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Dude, I saw the Knight's Tale the other day and then I realized that the drunk naked poet was the vision. And I was just <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. That ruined that whole thing for mm-hmm. me. And he likes to wear sweaters. He go, yeah. he shops at the Gap. It's weird seeing him in, in uh, clothes, yeah. like for you know, just in a normal, relaxing. Does his, is his cape still on underneath that? Um, I doubt it. I think he can just sort of like you know, Make since his appear. powers are so like when he became the Vision for the first time, the cape just sort of appeared. Yeah, like I'm guessing he can just sort Did of. You manipulate... like search the internet and find out that was badass and made sure that was basically part of his yeah. <laughs> I mean, the vision can do just about anything. Um, he can know. make objects appear. Like yeah. he's, he's kind of like uh, who's that guy from uh, Watchmen? He, um, 
the guy Dr. With, Manhattan? Yeah, he's kind of like a Dr. Manhattan. Very similar in many yeah. senses, yes. Yeah. Um, he hasn't gone mad with power yet, though, which is a good thing. Um, but yes. I, I liked it because they didn't overuse him too much, and every scene that he was in felt impactful, like it wasn't just filler or anything. Yes. Um, and it, again, just like um, a lot of other characters like Captain America, Black Panther, uh, the Marvel movies have made me appreciate this Marvel character that I frankly just didn't know that much about before. No. Um, yeah, I didn't and, either. And it, it's really great to see them evolve in this movie series, um, especially his relationship with uh, Scarlet Witch. I think they get comfort in each other because they're both ridiculously powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, they could they could like Akira people like mush them against the walls and mm-hmm. they would disintegrate, you know, like they're, they're both ridiculously powerful characters mm-hmm. and they both sort of have to tread softly through the world, you know, or else they realize that people will die because of them being around. So I liked those characters, uh, mm-hmm. including Scarlet, Witch. um, but when I found out she was an Olsen twin sister, like I just, I can't unsee that either. You know, <laughs> you just, can definitely see it in her face. Yeah. It's sort of um, strange. I'm glad they kind of ditched like that goofy accent. They kind of had, I mean, it was still kind of there, you know, like I don't remember in, that. in Age of Ultron, uh, both her and Quicksilver had this like kind of like goofy. You know, I am Wanda Maximoff. I am blah, 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 blah. I am the Scarlet Witch. Like, oh, it you just, mean it's, like some heavy European Russian? Sort yeah, of thing? like it just it, it didn't work for me that much. Um, but I liked her a lot more in this movie. But she she was arguably uh, just as important as a lot of the other characters as she kind of sets up the Sokovia Accords at the uh, beginning of the movie while trying to save people and inadvertently ends up killing a ton of innocent bystanders. And uh, that causes her to be uh, extremely resentful of some of the other members of the Avengers, including uh, the Vision, who really uh, is just looking out for best interest. And obviously they're, they're setting up some sort of romantic angle with those two as well. You think so? Definitely. I oh, mean, maybe I, I was that. just seeing that. I don't know. Um, I think he genuinely does care about her. But there is a strong connection between the two, and it's not just because... In this version of the universe, uh, Scarlet Witch got her powers from that gem, which is in the Vision's head. So there is a, co- a big connection um, between those two characters. Although in the real Marvel universe, uh, the real geeks know that Scarlet Witch is the daughter of Magneto. Oh, really? Yes. But so is Quicksilver. No... He's the uh, the son of Magneto. So they're siblings, um, and they're actually mutants in the uh, the other universe. But since, since in the MCU they can't say mutant, yeah. they've changed them a little what bit. What do they call them? Uh extra human or yeah, they're just super, super no but they humans. had a term for it like extra human or uh enhanced human or something sure something like they that. had some more term for yeah, it they had another term for it and even in batman versus superman they had like their very own that's the term i'm thinking of i'm yeah. confusing those movies <laughs> i'm confusing those movies all right but uh anywho moving on we already talked about scarlet witch as well we had paul rudd as scott lang the ant-man a character who was severely underused in this movie I literally i was about to say severely underused like mm-hmm. he should have had at least 10 more minutes mm-hmm that's a lot to ask for, I guess, in, in today's movies when you got that many characters, mm-hmm. but severely underused. Um, he could have had so many more one-liners, mm-hmm. you know? But every time he was on screen, it was great. Like, when he appeared for the first time, the theater just chuckled their ass off. Yeah. When they saw him, they're like, oh, because I know there had to be some people in that theater who didn't watch many of the trailers. And like, holy shit, Ant-Man's a part of this? That's really damn awesome. Yeah. And uh, he was definitely one of the show stealers, too, during the big airport scene. One, just because... His scenes are really interesting because of what they can do with him. The fact that he can get all small and go into Iron Man's suit and everything. I love that Iron Man's like, what the hell is going on with my suit? Dude, it's your conscience. Don't worry. We don't ever talk. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, obviously, uh, the big scene, uh, no pun intended, where he becomes Giant Man. You did mean that pun. I did. What the fuck are you talking about? Sue me. He becomes Giant Man and starts ripping off the wings of fucking airplanes and just, like, throwing them all over the place. He becomes the big distraction because he doesn't really do all that much. Not that much. You know, I mean, he causes a little bit of destruction. 
Um, and then there's that great scene where Spider-Man ties up his legs while referencing the Empire Strikes Back at the same exact time. Iron Man and War Machine come in and they punch him at the same time. Like, that was just a really satisfying scene. I'm shocked that they decided to show off uh, this form of uh, Ant-Man, though, in uh, non-Ant-Man film. I thought that would be something they would try to save for the next one, but... Then again, the next Ant Man movie is also going to have uh, and no wasp. wasp in it as yeah, well. No wasp. I kind of thought she would come too. I'm okay with that because I think showing that in this movie would have felt a little unnecessary. They need to save some stuff for the Ant Man franchise. Yes. They really do because there's so much more they can do with that with the creativity and everything. But yeah, Paul Rudd, again, just he's the perfect type of character for Ant Man who's always been known as kind of a jokey type character. Mm-hmm. You know, and he hams it up so much. Like he gets all fanboyed when he's hanging out with Captain America. Yeah. And even like when they're fighting and he picks up his shield, like he just cheesily walks over to him, Here's your shield, Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> and just like Captain America has like this weirdest look on his face, like, Are you serious? Yeah. And it's just you can tell that he's really having a lot of fun with the role. You can understand too it's like the same thing with spider-man like he almost can't even believe he's a part of this you know mm-hmm. like he's trying to sit us and arrest people yeah. <laughs> stuff like he doesn't even understand what's going on yeah. and that's a perfect segue let's go ahead and talk about spider-man best spider-man yet yep best spider-man yet i mean a, just and why not make the ant hot you know just get <laughs> <laughs> that was a little shocking i didn't expect that marissa tomei was going to end up being aunt may which uh, still looking very great for her age, and uh, it's even funnier for people who like you know follow celebrity bullshit because years ago Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. dated. Oh really? So to see that scene with Robert Downey Jr. in there hitting on Aunt May and everything was really funny. I guess I didn't know that. I'm not fucking TMZ like you are. No. I... <laughs> For the record, I do not watch TMZ, and I do not support TMZ. I knew Corey would get offended by that. Of course you did, you fucking asshole. Um, but yeah. Uh, Who did he date next, Corey? I Who's he dating know. now? I don't know, and I don't care. The point is the point is that scene was funny because of that, but uh, Spider-Man, who's played by this young kid by the name of Tom Holland, easily the youngest Spider-Man that we've ever seen, but honestly, it's very fitting. Spider-Man has always been sort of like the young buck superhero who looks up to all these other big guys, and that's definitely what I got from this movie. I also loved that they skipped the origin. They got right past it. They barely even talked about it. He showed a movie. He showed, like, here, I saw this. Mm -hmm. He's like, where's your suit? He just, like, pokes around his closet and finds it. (laughs) (laughs) He barely even tries to hide his super suit. But they established, too, that this Spider-Man has only existed with his powers for about six months. So for this Spider-Man, the death of his Uncle Ben is still very strong. Yes. Uh, to him and they don't even yes. mention uncle ben but they they hint at the fact that you know when you have bet, the power bet, to save like, someone and you don't at, do it looking at man i bet uncle ben was like ripped and he was coming out of the gym and that's where he got shot wow <laughs> can you imagine like you know if if, if aunt may looks that good this version of uncle ben has got to be like a monster yeah it, it wasn't uh who's that actor that played the last uncle ben he's that very classical actor oh I want to say it was Martin Sheen. Yeah, Mark, Martin Sheen ain't fucking that. No, fuck no, he's not. <laughs> I don't even think a Viagra would help him out in that situation. Maybe Cialis. Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Let's. Go. Anywho, but yeah, like um, he mentions the whole fact. He's like, this is what happens. Like you know, when you have the powers and and you don't use them properly to save the people that you care about. Like that's all you needed. And I'm so glad they went through it. My only fear is that when we do get to the uh, the next Spider-Man film, which is called Spider-Man Homecoming, that they're going to try and shoehorn in another origin. Fuck it. We don't need to know that. There's a dude with spider powers. End of story. But That's what about really if they do a 10-minute origin? And then... No. 
I don't want an origin. This, that's what was just so satisfying about this. And the audience didn't care. We were just excited to see Spider-Man be a part of the freaking universe. You that... know, I almost have a theory. Hmm. When we want origin, we'll ask for it. Hmm. We want an origin with Black Panther. We want that. Mm-hmm. We don't want an origin with Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. that was reflected in but the But that's because we've seen it twice. Yeah. Yeah, you no. Know? yeah. No, I agree. I 100% agree. And this is a character that's been around since the 60s. We all know Spider-Man's origins. The want and need for an origin will come organically. We do mm-hmm. not need it shoved in our face again. You know? What would you think of his suit? Uh, it was cool. Yeah? It almost looks too comic booky, Too mm-hmm. accurate. It almost looks unreal in that world. Mm-hmm. Like... That's a compliment and a complaint all in one. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how to describe how I actually feel. There's room for improvement. Really? In the future. Maybe turn down the saturation on it. Just a tad, because it is so bright. Yeah. It's so colorful when compared to those other costumes. And like you, I'm conflicted. It's like, I love that. They totally went full comic book with it. But at the same time, you look at the other characters, and you're just like, eh, it doesn't really mesh in that well. But damned if his fighting style wasn't cool, his speed, the way he used his webs, uh, the way he fought against different characters in a number of different ways was just really satisfying. And... Uh, Spider-Man wasn't the main, you know, like, focal point of the movie either. Like, there was the introduction of his character with Tony, and then there was the airport battle, and that's it. That's all you see of Spider-Man in this film, aside from the final post credit scene, which is just reassuring the audience again. Yep, Spider-Man's coming back. Don't worry, he's getting his own brand new movie, which opens up so much possibilities for Spider-Man in the future, and for finally maybe even getting a proper, competent version of Venom for once. I think that would be great. I know uh, most hardcore comic book fans are like, ah, do we really need Venom again, the most overblown Spider-Man villain? Yes, we do. We need a good, cool version of the character, and uh, this is the right time to do that. So, yeah, Spider-Man was great. Like, the minute they cut to Queens, New York, like, I I I almost, like, started laughing and giggling. I'm like, oh, my God, we're about to get Spider-Man! Oh, shit! (laughs) Like, I was so excited. And that was the thing, like... The first, like, hour of the movie is, like, all of this, like, dark, hardcore action. And I kept thinking back in my head, I'm like, man, how in the hell is Spider-Man going to be introduced into all of this? And they did such a great job with it. Just hell freaking yes, Spider-Man was awesome in this movie. They did. And the other thing is, um, I thought that uh, uh, Spider-Man's line, when you have these powers and then you choose not to do anything, it's your fault. You know, when bad things happen mm-hmm. to me, that's actually more of a Captain America support line because mm-hmm. Captain America said, when we sign this, our arms are tied. We mm-hmm. don't get to act how we want anymore. Isn't that almost saying like Spider-Man almost should have been on Captain America's side in many ways? But yeah. He was influenced by Tony's, you know, um, I want to say sarcasm, uh, charis- charismatic, you know, nature. And, and the and, fact that they're both they're tech nerds, they're tech nerds, you know, that, you know, Spider-Man has very meager means like his computer is so fucking old school. Yeah. Um, but he manages to create those web shooters that even impressed uh, Tony Stark as well. And yeah. of course, reinforcing that this is a more traditional Spider-Man. He doesn't have webs in his arm or anything. He does create his web shooters. Yes. Um, which I thought was really cool. Super traditional Spider-Man, if that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't going to like the fact that he is a little young, but. Honestly, I think this is the best way to develop this character. Because this actor, while he is young, is going to get older very fast, especially as they go through these films. So by the time that they're done with them, he's already going to be in his 20s. And that's really the perfect age for Spider-Man. And that's when his adventures are truly going to begin. You're going to see this character once every two years. He needs Mm -hmm. to be young to get ahead of the curve. I mean, hell, his movie comes out next year. Wow. Yeah, they're already working on that shit. The minute they got Spider-Man, they're like, oh, yeah. We're fucking doing this. Next up, we just need X-Men. And if we have time, we'll take the Fantastic Four. And we get Deadpool's showing up in there somewhere yeah. eventually. Hopefully. The X-Men, you know, it needs to fucking happen eventually. Yeah. 
Just shove it Someday. In. I don't know. Maybe after all this X-Men apocalypse tomfoolery, we'll get to see what happens. Corey, but, can you admit that uh, this movie is going to be better than X-Men? It's going to be better than X-Men. Yes! Yes! I, I really wanted to, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, I don't like to judge movies on, like, reviews that I read early or anything, but a lot of the early reviews for X-Men Apocalypse doesn't have me that enthused. I still want to see the movie, and I want to see what it's all about. I don't know if I'm going to pay to see it. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's tough nowadays. You never know if a movie is going to be good. And, you know what, let's just go ahead and end the Avengers, uh discussion right there we've talked about all of the major heroes i'm sure we missed a couple of things but i think we're in a general agreement that it was a good movie if you could give the score uh out of a 10 what would you give it give it nine out of 10 scarlet bitches wow okay um <laughs> scarlet bitches um i'm gonna give it an eight okay yeah which i still think is really solid um for me it's tied with guardians of the galaxy for best marvel movie so far i agree with that um you know they're just they're both so different but they're powerful both... powerful casts mm-hmm. big variety great character grand adventure mm-hmm. and it works yeah that's all you need that's right and comedy driven mm-hmm. with some serious and no mixed into mm-hmm. they're great movies yeah i think that and well maybe not captain america civil war you couldn't you wouldn't get as much unless you've seen some of the other films mm-hmm but yeah, that that is one of the biggest problems with like if you're not too familiar with these characters, you might be kind of lost in some of the lingo and maybe even some of the the, the brand new guys. Like I remember because we saw this with our friend Cody. Yeah, he didn't see Ant Man, he didn't see Age of Ultron, and there were a few times he's like, "Who is that? <laughs> what do their powers do? I don't know what that's about." So, so he was kind of confused. Like, but he still enjoyed the movie. It's still yeah. very enjoyable. I mean, the especially vision, from a visual, the standpoint. vision looks great with a sweater. Yeah, no, let's not discount that <laughs> whatsoever. Maybe I should have given it a nine out of ten visions and sweaters. Yep, you know. <laughs> so eight, nine. Those are some pretty damn high scores. Um, a nearly flawless, good action movie. Uh, check it out. But let's go ahead and end today's discussion um, with something that's been sort of happening in the last week. Uh, something that we have talked about a couple of times, but we haven't gotten into that much, and that is the brand new Ghostbusters. That is right. The movie directed by Paul Feig or Feig, whatever you want to pronounce his name. Uh, this brand new movie has brought so much controversy with it, not just because it's an all-female Ghostbusters and then it's a reboot of a classic franchise, um, but because everybody has like their own two cents on it. And in the last weekend, uh, famous uh, internet personality James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, put out this really, really great video, which was him saying that he refuses to review the brand new Ghostbusters movie. And of course, everybody, when they see the title of the video, their first thought is, oh, this guy's just hating on it because it's an all-female cast. No, James Rolfe had some amazing like things to say about the fact that, one, he hates the fact that it's just simply called Ghostbusters. Anybody who ever watches James Rolfe's videos will see that like he cannot stand when reboots use the same title or when they make the titles really confusing, like how you have... First Blood, then you have First Blood 2, then you have Rambo 3, then you have John Rambo. It's like, which one do you fucking start at? And he hated the fact he's like, oh, have you seen Ghostbusters? Which one do you mean? 1984 or 2016? Or the dude one or the girl one? Exactly. It's not about the sexes. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, they made it confusing. Mm -hmm. It's now called the female Ghostbusters. Yeah. And this video, I honestly think he had some fair points about why he doesn't really like the movie, um, and none of it had to do with the superficial stuff like it's an all-female cast. And the video just 
blew the hell up. One of the most viral videos that he's ever released. And this guy's released a lot of amazing content. And it's caught the eye of a lot of people, and it just happens to come on the week of a brand new trailer for the film, which is getting just as much hate as the last one. And then things were made even worse when comedian Patton Oswalt decided to jump on his Twitter and uh, comment on the video. And because of that, the legions of fans for the Angry Video Game Nerd have maliciously attacked him in, in, in ways that honestly kind of disgust me. Yeah, they, they were, like, saying, this is why your wife died, yeah. and, like, dark shit. And unfortunately, this is how I figured out how Patton Oswalt's wife died. I didn't know any of this was going down. This has all been happening over the course of the last month. His, his wife passed away, uh, I think, about a month ago. And, you know, clearly, when something like that happens, it's going to affect you truly emotionally, but, like, these people just have no fucking souls when they're saying this type of shit to him. And all Patton Oswalt was really trying to say, too, is just, you know, you shouldn't judge something until you really see it. But he was being really civil about it, and I don't even think James Rolfe was saying anything bad either. It's the fans that have made this worse. And this combined with a new trailer that dropped this week, which, you know, I'm in agreement with a lot of people. I think it looks awful. I'm not going to pay to see it. And uh, the video blew up so much that a lot of other, like, websites and articles are saying that James Rolfe is a man-baby and that he's a reviewer, so he should review it. It's his job. No, no. James Rolfe is just simply a Ghostbusters fan. If you've ever seen any of his previous videos, he's made a lot of Ghostbusters videos. Oh, yeah. Like, there, there, it's not too often that, you know, his whole shtick mostly is that he reviews a lot of old, shitty games. I, I love I love that. Uh, here's Pat Oswalt's tweet. Uh, I really wanted to hate the Cinemassacre Ghostbusters review, but I'm such a fan of noisy, thick saliva swallowing. It won my heart over. <laughs> It's a, it's a funny jab. Yeah. And to be honest, it's not that dick. It's not that bad. It's not at dick. all. He's just saying, dude, I, why'd you have to do that? You know? Yeah. And, and then the fans just decided to attack him, and that's unfortunately when he's had to go into defense. And because Pat Oswalt's a really well-known comedian, um, you know, that's going to catch the eye of all these big article sites and everything. And that's when they started to write about James Rolfe, which brought more attention to his video and uh, claiming that, you know, wow. as a reviewer, he should review like, it. Like, here's one person. Remember when your wife died? That's funnier than anything you've ever done in your entire career. That's fucked up. There's a lot of dark shit here. There is some really malicious evil shit in there. And Patton Oswalt's, uh, like, stand-up is one of my favorite stand-ups of all time as a very awkward, like, you know... You've, you've even, I think, opened this podcast with... Oh, no, you didn't, but I know you used the line somewhere in there, you, the hate is thick like syrup on pancakes. Yeah, I love that line! It's I so know. great! That's a Pat, Patton Oswalt um, line. We but love... I love Patton Oswalt's stand-up, you know? He, he's the type of guy I can really relate to. He's sort of a super geeky, antisocial, introverted person. Um, and his comedy really does speak to me, and I think he's a really clever, funny guy, and I hate to see two of my favorite things clashing, because I love the angry video game nerd. I've been watching those videos religiously since 2006. I've been listening to Pat Oswalt since the early 2000s, and you'd think these are two guys that could really get along, considering the way their personalities are, and unfortunately, the fucking poisonous fans have made this awful, and it makes me so grateful that the fans that we have on our super commie page and people who listen to this podcast are so fucking nice and positive but at the same time we are one fuck up away from a mountain of shit falling all over us. yeah i mean it, that? that's all it takes yeah it's one wrong move and it's all over yeah or at least for a while mm -hmm. and then hopefully some people stick around <laughs> and that's the thing that sucks like 
this should have been the video that propelled James to even more stardom, but it's causing a lot of unwanted, like, hate and controversy towards him. And he hasn't commented on it yet, and I don't think he really even needs to. Because uh, it has nothing to do with him. It's his fans that are causing this trouble. And they're making things way worse, and it's just adding so much more shit on top of this super controversial movie, which, you know... The first trailer for the film is the most downvoted movie trailer on YouTube. The second one is on track to possibly even beat that record. Uh, I mean, it's the type of video that people will go ahead and click on before they even watch it. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I downvoted within 20 seconds of watching the, the, the brand new trailer. Um, <laughs> but I did try to give it a chance. I really did. But I'm just, I'm not feeling it's, this movie. It's, it's funny, like. On average, he gets anywhere from a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand per video, and then that Ghostbuster one after two days is almost at a million. Yeah, it shows you it's blowing up. Yeah, it's a big. It's big catching old. the eye of a lot of people, um, and you know, a lot of people have made Ghostbusters videos, but his has just been propelled forward, um, and in such a, it's so different than the other ones too because it's so civil. And so, like, you know, calm and collected, not being super angry. He wasn't in character at all. That's also the thing that makes it sad that everyone's attacking him because it's like, that was him being him. Yeah. That wasn't a character he was hiding behind. Yeah, that wasn't the nerd. That wasn't the nerd. So it's it's, it's strange that that is uh, such an issue, you know, that uh, the the internet's full of fuck faces, though. Let's be honest. YouTube comments alone. Mm Mm-hmm are some of the darkest pit of things. Yeah. It's like the lowest common denominator. Whoever makes the shittiest comment, if you can make a shitty comment, but you also make people laugh, then that thing will be at the top of your fucking video. Mm-hmm. People will be like, oh, you suck dicks while you play that video game. And it was like 35 thumbs up. And there it is at the top of your video, mm-hmm. you know? And it, and it can potentially ruin some videos. Yeah. You know, it causes a lot of people to want to like, you know, turn off their comments or something. Yeah, it's it, again it, super thankful um, <laughs> that our commenters are pretty good. I mean, don't get me wrong; occasionally I get my always favorite. Oh, you suck, you fat fuck! <laughs> but like most of the time, I end up laughing about it, or I write back and say something really nice to them, which really throws them off. Um, really, that's that's my my ultimate answer to trolls online: is kill them with kindness. You'd be surprised how often someone's just having a bad day and lashing out, and you can actually, like, change their entire perspective. I I also uh, find it funny because uh, uh, Joe Rogan refers to it as snake venom. And he's Mm -hmm. like, if you want to build a tolerance to snake venom, you just need a little bit of it at a time. And Mm -hmm. then so when – if someone throws a lot of it at you, it won't really bother you. Mm -hmm. But if you're, like, not used to the internet – and I remember in our early days, every bad comment would, like, fuck my day up. I know. It was was just like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, we shouldn't be doing this. Or someone would say something like, Christian doesn't even know what he's talking about. Why the fuck is he in this review? And I, I like, to this day, I remember that comment. You know, that shit doesn't bother me anymore. Because mm-hmm. um, I know what kind of fan I am. When I review an anime with you, I'm not trying to be Wikipedia with this series. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you my experience with it. Exactly. That's all I'm doing. I'm not trying to remember everyone's and name. And we all know that the internet loves to correct people. On oh, yeah. That's their number you know, one favorite thing. You could release thing. the best damn review you've ever said, you know, with the greatest visual effects, awesome lighting, great audio, and yep. if you make one wrong mistake, they will call you out on it. And nothing else. They won't give you your opinion about the episode. Did they like it? No. No, you said this wrong. You did this wrong. Fuck off unsubscribing that's my favorite thing are people who say they will unsubscribe harry partridge amazing animator on youtube just released his first cartoon a couple weeks ago in 
like a year. And one of the funniest things about the cartoon was there was this like other version of himself who's saying, "If you don't make another cartoon, I'll unsubscribe." And then Harry Parcher said, "Well, you know, you don't really need to do anything to say subscribe at all, you know. So I mean, yeah. like, it doesn't require you to do anything. So it's 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 really not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. But yeah, it's just this movie is getting so much negative press from every possible angle. I'm just trying to understand, is it becoming fun to shit on this movie now? Because maybe it's just like the thing to do on the internet is shit on the new Ghostbusters movie. I mean, considering the culture of the internet and how poisonous it can be, yeah, there's definitely people who are doing that. Hell, there are straight up comments who's like, I just came here to dislike the video. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. Or I came here to see how many dislikes this video got. I'm joining on the bandwagon. Yeah. You know, there are literal comments saying exactly that, like, on the trailer. You know, people are looking to hate this film. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to de- trash it too much. I've just made well, no, the no, no, decision no. that I'm, but- I'm not too happy about it, and I'm not going to go waste my money on it. And well, I'm not going to spend time making a review that's just bitching about it. The other thing is, you literally love this series. Yes. I could care less about Ghostbusters. Mm. So I am a little disconnected and I'm also cautious to have a real opinion on it because I don't really care that they're remaking it. I don't want to see it because I don't really like, was it Melissa? Who's that actress? Melissa McCarthy. I don't really, really care for her movies. Mm -hmm. And this looks like one of her movies, but she's also a Ghostbuster. Mm -hmm. Like I saw that I spy movie she was in because my girlfriend dragged me to it. Same director as this movie, by the way. (sighs) I don't really like it. So, that's why I'm not going to go see it, because I'm not a fan of that movie. I'm not a fan of those styles of movies, so that's why I'm not going to go see it. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with the Ghostbusters thing. It has mm-hmm. everything to do that this movie, you've taken Ghostbusters and you've repackaged it into a thing that I don't want. And that's why I don't want it. Mm-hmm. But I also understand in that aspect why a lot of people don't like it. Because what Ghostbusters was, was this like amalgamation of like comedy... Um, what is it? Comedy, drama, supernatural, action, action. horror. Yeah. It was like almost every type of movie. And now you've changed it into, uh, uh, what was it? Not Bachelor Party. What was that one chick movie where there are all these bridesmaids? Chi- brides- you've changed it into bridesmaids. Also done by the same director. You ch- Yeah, and that's not cool. And I get why people are pissed about that because mm-hmm. that's not cool. You know, so... I don't know. And you got to be careful what you say about the movie, too, because, you know, most people in today's society, of course, are going to call you, oh, you're, you're just anti-feminism and, and all that. No, I'm totally okay with an all-female Ghostbusters cast, but this movie just does not look that funny. The visual effects look fucking awful. They look, I was telling you in the car earlier, they, they look like the, the shitty Scooby-Doo live-action movie that came out in the early 2000s. Yeah. There, there's no reason why the fucking 80s Ghostbusters movies look better. Like, it just, ah, uh, it blows my mind. Yeah, they, they shouldn't look but better. But the biggest, the biggest crime, of course, is that it's just not that funny. Every time I see people reacting to this trailer, there's not a, a freaking smile cracking whatsoever. They're just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And that was such a strong element of the original movie was just how well written it was and how great the comedic timing was. So it's really a shame that all this controversy is coming towards uh, James, especially just the timing of it all. Um, just like I said, I call it the perfect storm. Just all these things just happen to cling together and just turn into this giant shit ball. And it's just it's exploding and it's about to rain down on the top of us. And it starts in July when this movie is released. And I cannot wait to see how well it's going to do, especially all the controversy behind it. There's no doubt in my mind, though, it's going to make some damn bank. You really think so? I think a yeah. lot of people are not going to see it. I think a lot of people are going to or a lot of people are going to see it just so they can shit on it. Yeah. 
Which doesn't help the cause. And that's at the all. thing. Like, I don't want to waste my time doing that. That's why after seeing the second trailer, I'm because before the first trailer, I'm like, I'm still gonna see it. Whatever. After the second trailer, I'm like, you know what? It's just not worth it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna walk out of the theater, and I'm just gonna be angry. I should have just stayed home or hung out with some friends. Yes. You know, it's just if you're that upset about it, just don't see it. And and that's something that James was saying too. Like, if you're not into this, if you're not digging it. Don't pay to see the movie. Let the studios know that this is not what we want. And that really is the best way to do it. But then again, I mean, this is Ghostbusters. There's going to be non-hardcore fans who are going to be like, Hey, I remember Ghostbusters. I'm going to go check that out. And there's going to be a lot of people like that. Because Ghostbusters is one of the most classic American comedy films of all time. Of course. So it, Bill it's Murray, to, Dan Aykroyd, all that shit. I mean, they're going to bring butts and seats. As simple as that. Absolutely. Um, but... You know what? There it is. That is uh, just something I wanted to talk about. It's just something that's been brewing. Um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe in the future when I have an opportunity to sit down and see the movie for free on TV, maybe I'll give my thoughts on it. But for the time being, I'm no longer going to pursue this new Ghostbusters film. I'm officially done with it. So so you're against women. No, I'm not against women. So I think you... women are freaking great and they can be really funny. Kristen Wiig is hilarious. <laughs> She's a really funny chick. Um, just not in this movie. And Melissa McCartney is obviously funny to someone. It's clearly. Someone likes her. Yeah. You know, not my, just like when people hate on Justin Bieber, I'm like, that fucking music isn't for you though. Mm-hmm. He's obviously someone likes him. And why don't you just not shit on him and just go about your day and realize that it's not for you? It's so easy to just be angry and cantankerous all the time. Well, people are looking for a reason to get pissed off. Mm -hmm. And now the internet just found one, and that's the new Ghostbusters movie. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel bad for those actresses, because I know... Like the uh, the the black actress, I do not remember her name. Leslie Jones. Le- Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. You know she wants her muffin. She wants her muffin now, Matt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> that was funny though. Yeah, that was funny. She can be funny. Mm-hmm. I also feel bad though. She has to play the angry black woman all the time. I don't really like that role, mm-hmm. and I think she kind of gets shoehorned into it. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for her in that aspect. Maybe she loves playing it. Maybe she's just like, "Fuck it," she's laughing all the way to the bank. You know, yeah. I like like an angry black woman when I cash this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that uh, I feel like some of those actors have uh, strong careers ahead of them, um, and so um, I hope the movie doesn't fuck their career up because that's mm-hmm. not what I want either. So. It's an interesting concept. We'll see how much people actually truly boycott it. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the thing that we got to see have happen. Mm -hmm. Because if it doesn't really happen and they don't truly boycott the movie, then I don't know if uh, it's going to matter. You know, I think they're going to make, they're going to love the reboot. But maybe this is the one thing, the one time they'll actually stand their ground and kill a reboot. And I send Hollywood a message. And who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe this will end up being fucking great. We'll just have to wait and see but uh who are you gonna call not the theater to pre-order your tickets that's for damn sure <laughs> so guys uh thank you for joining us today i just want to take a moment thank our network rogue intel rogue intel's awesome they allow us to speak our minds and be ourselves so that we can put this show on for you so make sure to check out the other shows at rogueintel.com and if you want to help keep the network going make sure to head over to rogueintel.com slash amazon for all your shopping needs like maybe you want to watch the original ghostbusters pick it up on dvd at amazon it's not going to cost you any extra you're going to save a lot of money and a portion of your total will go towards the Rogue Intel Network, which also has a number of awesome shows, so make sure to check those out. Thank you guys for listening to us rant and mumble about nerdy topics. We enjoyed uh, doing it, and uh, we appreciate that you guys are listening to our podcast. And uh, if you ever want to check us out on YouTube, we also review anime and whatnot during the week, so check that out as well. 
and uh, Corey. And make sure to uh, leave us your topic ideas. Those are going to be very important going into the summer. Um, Obviously, some of our anime-themed episodes are a little more popular, but I still like talking about these movies. It's something that we're very passionate about. But uh, if there is a specific topic that you guys would like us to address or talk about or any questions you just want to ask me or Christian, we would love to answer them on the next episode or even the following episodes of the Powerful Nerdcast. So please tell us uh, in the comments section below. Sounds great. Until next time, you guys, the Powerful Nerdcast is out.